the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with two veterans in our class of 2020, Connor Lott and Roger Whelan. I recently sat down with Connor and Roger to talk a little bit more about their experiencing transitioning from the military to the private sector, how they decided to pursue an MBA, and their advice for veterans who are contemplating a similar transition. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Lott and Roger Whelan. Connor, Roger, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. Happy to be here. Hey, Brett. Great to be back again. Really excited to do this. All right. So for our listeners at home, let's talk a little bit more about your backgrounds. What did you do before coming to Darden and what are you doing currently? Let's start with you, Roger. Absolutely. Uh, happy to. So currently on my background, I started my, uh, I was in the Navy for about seven years. Prior to that, I was at the United States Naval Academy. So before my transition, I knew nothing about uh, the civilian world except uh, what my dad did for a living. So it, so from when I left, I'm now uh, currently what I'm doing right now after my transition, I'm now working at Deloitte Consultant as a senior consultant, worth focusing on our federal clients. Yeah. And so, you know, who am I? going to start pretty meta here, but I, so I am an EMBA in the class of 2020 uh, here at Darden. Um, I currently work at Gardner in our advisory practice where I uh, work with human capital executives on challenges they might have in, across a wide variety of things like employee engagement or post M&A integration. Uh, I served as an infantry officer in the U.S. Army from 2012 to 2017. I uh, took the usual, you know, ROTC route uh, in through college. Uh, did the whole, you know, ranger school and airborne thing. Then mostly, to spend most of my time uh, leading a platoon in the 101st Airborne. Uh, decided uh, in late 2016 to transition out and began my journey uh, away from the sheltered confines of the military. All right. So uh, as Roger noted, this is a conversation, maybe a a little bit about the transition process from the military uh, to the civilian world, uh, also to business school. I'm going to talk a little bit about how you thought about timing of pursuing your MBA, how you thought about transitioning, what was next for for you, uh, how you considered maybe the executive formats, uh, uh, you know, thinking about working while pursuing your MBA. Um, so lots to cover. And this is actually in parallel with the conversation we've had with Jim Collins as well for uh, servicemen and women about thinking about coming to business school, thinking about next steps in their career and some questions they might have. So we also have that as a perspective, too. So um, let's talk a little bit about you know, sort of the transition, transitioning out process and how you thought about what you wanted to do next. Where did you be, begin um, with that process? All right. So you knew at your time as a, as a service member was was up. How did you start to narrow in on, on what you wanted to do next? Let's start, start with you, Connor. Absolutely. So I think there are some uh, natural inflection points in an officer's timeline, especially. Uh, I'm not as familiar with the enlisted side, but those lend themselves to a transition. So in my case, it was after getting promoted to captain, which is usually after about four years uh, of service, and really choosing between transitioning out or staying in for a few more years because you're almost obligated to take on additional responsibilities and more command positions after that. So then I was looking at a kind of mid thirties exit. uh, And ultimately I saw more earning potential and kind of relative experience gained in that time by going to the private sector. And I also knew I wanted to get my MBA uh, by the time I was roughly 30. Uh, And so I made the jump um, away from the army and I settled kind of on 
the executive format program at Darden because I felt like I could accomplish both sides of the coin by getting work experience uh, while also getting my MBA by the time I'm roughly 30. Uh, I think that that experience is probably re- uh, mirrored by Roger, um, but maybe there's some different nuances there from your own experience, Roger. Yeah, absolutely. So you are absolutely 100% correct when you, you kind of, as an officer, you kind of have that period where I have to either stay or go. Uh, I think for me, it was a little bit harder because I did really like what I was doing in the Navy. Um, to give a little more background about what I did in the Navy, after I left the Naval Academy, I was I went through officer similar as Connor, and I was a surface warfare officer. So I got to drive around really cool ships for four years, and then I decided. And then after that, I had to go to uh, what we call a shore duty, whereas I get stationed somewhere in the DC area to do a support activity instead of going out having fun on the water. So when I got to the shore duty thing, that's kind of like the timing of when. As a naval officer, you're saying, hey, I have to make a decision here. Um, kind of mine is a little bit more of a personal thing um, just because I did want to stay in, but also I was newly engaged. My wife and I were talking about what's going to be the next steps of how, you know, where is this going to leave us? She was she was a gem to say, hey, I'm up for the travel. Let's go see. Hey, are we going to live abroad? Let's go do that. Uh, but really, like kind of what you said to bring it back is just, hey, you do have those transition points. And you're trying to figure out, like, okay, where's the best thing to go? Um, one quick caveat, story, one quick story I want to just highlight to kind of help me with, to put this in perspective is I remember going to a retirement ceremony for a senior enlisted who um, ulti- this actually, who was actually apologizing to his son of being 12 years old that he didn't get to spend enough time in the, in the, with him while he was away. So it was kind of like a thing that kind of made it a little more personal. And then it just was, is it just career-wise for me or, or could I go either way? And it kind of helped me with my decision point. And to kind of go to the next part is, hey, you know what? I had to think about, hey, if I get out, what, what works well for me? Like, what did I like in the Navy that I could ultimately bring into the civilian world to say, hey, I, I like these parts. What kind of career falls to that? And when it came to business school, um, kind of get to where I am today here at Darden is to the point where I was like, I didn't know what was right first. I knew I had to go to the school. So it was kind of like similar to Connor. Like, I knew I had to get there at one point or another. Um, just figuring out, hey, was it at first or did I get job experience first? Like, it, it was kind of, to me, it could have been flip-flop, but I'm, I'm actually happy with figuring out to go, figure, to learn what's out there first before using business school to hone my skills. So let me ask you a little bit of a sort of variation on the question. Oftentimes we'll talk with uh, military candidates on the phone and it's a little bit of, I don't know what I don't know yet. Um, So both of you managed to find jobs uh, in the private sector. Um, Roger, obviously at at Deloitte, Connor, you're at, you're at Gartner. Um, How did you go? I mean, you mentioned you thinking about what you liked from your service career. How did you go about sort of thinking what kind of companies might make sense? What kind of roles might make sense? Trying to think about maybe some of our listeners who are in that position of like, I don't know what I don't know. What kind of questions should they be asking about you, Connor? Yeah. So I really thought about the moments in my military experience where I had the most joy and saw the most job satisfaction, I guess. And those moments were, for example, uh, leading a successful briefing in which I could help influence the strategy of an organization or working with you know my uh, soldiers in my platoon to accomplish a mission on an operation. And that drew me back to I you know different industries at 
are really people focused that are really looking at the greater uh, picture of an organization and it's, you know, health and, and uh, strategic alignment. So that kind of led me to the narrowing down of, well, I don't think I want to maybe go into say manufacturing, or I don't want to perhaps go into uh, maybe logistics. And I want to be more of the kind of consulting or advisory uh, role. Um, but when I approached job search, it was basically a shotgun pattern, it, it, not recommended. So I, I threw out you know, my information I, and I networked with so many people when I decided to make that, that jump and I submitted the paperwork. So I also, you know, I was, you know, spreading myself fairly thin, which I would recommend anyone to curate a list of ideas of companies or even sectors that you're really, really interested in that are aligning with those moments that matter in your uh, current military occupation or role. And then really dig deep into those companies or those roles and, and understand the culture and where you could find the best fit. Um, or also on the obverse side, looking at the schools that are going to really help you, you know, attain the skills and, and uh, attributes you're, you know you're going to need for the future, whether that's full-time or part-time or executive format. Um, you know, I, I got lucky. I landed a summer analyst position at the Molly Fool where I got to look at stocks all day, which was a passion of mine. Uh, and then I found a role at Gartner because I kept with that strategy of, you know, looking at what, what I really cared about. Um, but again, I don't think I went the right way possibly. How about you, Roger? What was your journey like? Um, so it was, it, at first it started off as a shotgun, similar to what you said, approach. And, but uh, I think eventually I, I narrowed it down. Uh, I'm kind of a checklist type of guy. So I started to start, I started to first, I said, what did I like in the Navy? I loved, one of the coolest things that I got to do in the Navy was every two years I knew I was going to do some new job. And that was really important to me because it kept me engaged, kept me learning, and then I started saying, like, if that if that what really what I loved about the Navy, how can I translate that into the civilian world? And I said to myself, what jobs are like that, right? And I kept luckily I had a bunch of friends in the DC area who recently left. And they started talking to me about consulting, um, and the more they talked to me about it, I'm like, oh wow, this is this 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 is a good place to start to see, you know, as I say, like having my 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 first real job, uh, being a real being a real boy, right? And uh, seeing what's out there. And, and, and with the cool part about the consultant that they talked to me about, my, my, my peers talked to me about is that I had those opportunities to see what else was out there. So I could, I could talk, I could learn about something in marketing. I can learn something about strategy, something about operations. So it gave me the point where I'm like, I can do these different projects to go to these different areas. Now, how did I get there? First, like I mentioned, I, I had figured out what I wanted to do in the, what I liked in the Navy working to translate. And then the next thing I started doing is like understanding what a network was. And I think that was one of the things I didn't understand in the Navy. I understand, I think I'm getting a better grasp of it as I pro progress in my professional environment, uh, world to the point where in, in the military, a network is in some cases the, the, the guy I can call in the middle of the night to make sure I can go get something. Well, in the professional environment, it's almost to the point where it's like, how can we both collaborate and, and work to do something uh, to get to get achieve a goal, right? So I think learning that and talking to people who have been in that similar situation or are, are, are under and been are close to those companies and helped me guide me through the transition to the point where, hey, this is what this industry does. This is what this industry does. Not really focusing on so much company wise is to then to understand what the industry is, and then from there I kind of took to networking and then took it one more step further to say, hey. Out of these industries that I liked, 
what are the companies that I would like to be a part of by similar to what Connor said, like start deep diving into those companies and saying, Hey, what are the, what's their culture? What they do? Where, where can I fit in? You know, I, I'm still a very mission-based person. So I think that when eventually where I landed in Deloitte was a great position for me because I'm still being able to um, support our federal clients in a way where I'm helping them impact their mission, which was, if you think about it, a lot of folks who come from the military um, have that passion. Either it, it, could, it doesn't have to be in the D.C. federal place. It could be anywhere. It's like if your passion is to, you know, help create a brand for somebody in the marketing department, that's, that's, that's something to do. You're helping their mission to become a, you know, expand their brand. So I'm curious about sort of following up on Roger's point about networking, because oftentimes I'll think when talking with folks, man, there must be people that you know who've already made this transition, right? Who are out there, you know, in the world, who've gone ahead of you, who might have advice. Um, I can imagine, though, if you've been in a really hierarchical world where you've been promoted in a way that may not have required networking before, it can feel and it feel a little bit unfamiliar. Um, how? What's some advice that you have? Roger sort of started to touch on a little bit about how you might think about networking effectively or what networking actually means. Connor, what, what are your insights about that? Yeah, I was uh, at first had a lot of trepidation about approaching either colleagues that had already transitioned out, um, especially if they were senior B in rank or reaching out to someone who maybe was a mid or senior level executive at a company, even though we may have had some sort of, you know, uh, you know collegial or, or professional ties, you know, from the army or from school. Uh, but, I, and I think Roger can definitely back me up on this, that people, if you go out and ask them and you ask them, you know, the reason why behind your ask and just trying to get some time and, and information from them, well, 99.9% .9 of the time always respond and always will provide you what you're trying to, to do and also will likely help you along that journey. If you're, you know, if they see that you're a, you know, smart, driven, caring person, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I know this is the same at Deloitte, but you know, I, I talked to several people at Gardner who were way, way higher up than I ever am right now. And they were so welcoming about just providing me information, putting me in touch with other people, kind of creating that, that, that literally that network effect uh, where I could find the right role uh, eventually and, and be at a spot where I'm, I'm you know, very happy now. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. So in the, I think Brett, when you mentioned the hierarchy, it's hard to, you don't want to break that. And now that everything's so flat, you realize that how many people actually want to help you. And it's hard to think about because I think as in, in the military, you were trained to figure it out. I think it's ingrained in us, which is, is great. I, I'm happy that, but sometimes it's hard to ask for help. And part of networking is, you know, asking for help, understanding things, things like that. So I, I think finally having that one person that says, Hey, I I I I got you. There's just here's who here's who you talk to, right? Um, I remember this. It's a friend of mine that I uh, remember who was local in the Indianapolis area, and we know each other through uh, mutual friends. And we sat down. We had dinner one time. And I says, "Here's what I'm thinking about doing." Oh, I got you. You need to talk to this person. I'm going to send an email right now. And you go, "Wow, people just are so you know." Just I guess to sum it up, people are willing to help if you ask. I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to networking. It's like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. Just Yeah, I think there's this tendency to think about networking in this really transactional way. Like you're asking this person to do something very specific for you. Like, 
hook you up with a job or something. And in fact, it's a lot of just conversations, right? It's absolutely informational in nature. Um, ultimately, you're just sitting with that person, you know, learning about what they do, what advice that they would have. Is there any next step, any person that they might suggest? I mean, that's what I've found to be successful. How about y'all? Absolutely. I mean, I truly take pleasure when people reach out to me to ask just about talking about my career or talking about uh, things they're considering, whether it's maybe coming to Darden or uh, looking at making a job switch, even though I probably don't have the right type of experience to counsel them. I, I'm flattered by that. And I love the kind of back and forth of uh, conversation and information sharing because it doesn't have to be transactional. It can be purely collegial and it can be um, something that can help both of us in the long run because it provides me ideas for what they're trying to do and opens my mind to potential new experiences. Yeah, 100%. It's, it, it's, it, Brad, I think you called it right when it says like it's transactional. Um, that's the kind of like the bad rap it gets, but it really is just having a conversation. Like, uh, I remember some, I forgot who told me this, but when you're working with folks, you, you ultimately want to work with people you like being around, right? It's almost like, uh, during the interview process here at Darden, I just like being around the people during the whole internship. I was like, this is great. These people are fantastic. This is the cool spot, right? The same thing applies to work. It's not just how, can, what can I do to help you to get me this job? It's more just, Hey, uh, it's good. I want to work with you because I think we can do some great things. And, and at the same time, it's just, you know, I just want to hang out with you at the same time. Like you could be my friend. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely that, that element to it of just wanting to build relationships. And I think, just as much as, you know, this person's helping you, you just never know how you might be able to help that. But it's, you know, everybody's making connections, LinkedIn, elsewhere, um, expanding their networks. You, you never know where all this stuff is going to come back. Um, so I'm curious, it's something that we started to talk a little bit about before we kicked off the podcast. Um, it's about timing, when to get an MBA, right? So I'm sure both of you considered maybe getting an MBA, just starting with maybe more of a full-time residential program. Uh, immediately upon separating um, and you both chose to go work and then pursue your MBA in an executive format. Um, curious, you know, some things that you might suggest that people think through some questions people might ask themselves as they think about which format, which structure might work best. How about you, Roger? Um, so when it came to transitioning out, I did 100% think, do I go to a full-time program or do I, uh, or do I, or do I go on the job, job world, figure to go work, work for a little bit and then go to a, a program like uh, we're in right now here at Darden in the executive format? Um, for me, it, it sounds a little, uh, binary. Uh, but you know, some of us, by the time we're leaving the military, not all of us are s- single, ready to go take on the world. Some of us have family. Some of us have mortgages. Some of us have expenses, you know, things like that. So you kind of think about it and you go like, do I have the opportunity to, can I actually go for two years and not work? If you have that opportunity, you know, think about that. But for me, it was to the point where twofold, you know, I've got, I've got responsibilities as an adult. And two, it's to the point where I don't know what's out there yet. So when I go to a full-time program, what am I supposed to focus on? Right? So I think, by the time uh, I've been working for about three years before entering the entering this past summer, uh, and I said to myself, okay, by this point, I think I know what's out there enough to either through friends, colleagues, or just what my current work is doing, where I can go into a program and say, okay, this is this, I don't know this very well, 
I'm, I'm going to focus on this and I'm going to ask those questions. Is it going to be, is it focusing to towards accounting or to finance or to marketing or operation, things that I just don't know, um, instead of just, you know, fire hose effect right in the residential. So that's kind of how I looked at it. That's such a good perspective, Roger, especially given kind of the familial uh, aspect that I, I, I didn't even consider for a second. But for me, it was I just didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up and I probably still don't. But uh, I knew that I wanted to kind of contextualize my MBA experience, like you were saying, Roger, in the fact that I needed to get some work experience. So I wanted to be able to take the lessons that I was bringing from from Darden and bring them back to my day-to-day work and better understand uh, what my role was within my company uh, and, and also look at it in a more macro perspective of, you know, this is how outside forces affect my firm uh, or, or Roger's firm, uh, how my role uh, evolves because of those outside forces, perhaps. Um, and then also gain ideas uh, through the classes that, I'm, that we're, we're both taking and discussions that we both have and be able to evolve our thinking about other opportunities out there, other ideas to call. Um, so really for me, it was, uh, I, I want to get some, some real business experience on the kind of front line of my company and be able to then use my MBA to shape my future designs. And, you know, whether it's staying at Gardner or, you know, it's launching my own venture. This helps me refine those opportunities for, you know, the next five, 10, 15 years. Yeah. You know, it was also pretty cool too, that I noticed when we, when we entered, besides learning in the classroom, which was really cool, uh, the, the, just talking to you, talking to the folks within our class, I have learned so much more in addition to what I'm already learning right now from them. Like we have classmates that we have, we have surgeons, we have, we have physicians, we have, you know, people in, um, who, who have who started their own businesses. We have everything you could possibly think of and hearing their different perspectives is ultimately helping me grow as a professional in not just what I'm doing right now, but just, just understand, like you said, that macro, that macro, uh, view of things. Yeah. I, I think that whether you're at Gardner or Deloitte or any other company, you kind of get siloed into your company's thinking possibly, especially your team's thinking because you see these people or this company every single day. And so this helps us break out of that silo and kind of get away from that uh, perhaps distortion of what's really going on outside of our, our own companies and our own lives. And so, yeah, the, the, the exchange of ideas and opinion mostly outside of classroom, but also inside of classroom, um, has made the experience just incredible. And also I think being that we're both, you know, mil- uh, former veteran, you know, former military <laughs> members, <laughs> members uh, former veterans, <laughs> but, uh, it really helps us also maybe break away from those traditional minded, uh, you know, military, um, norms that we kind of abide by for, for most of our formative years. And that oftentimes can lead to, you know, not open-mindedness or progressiveness in our thinking. It allows us to be more, much more um, uh, accepting and, 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 and open to so many different ideas and, and out there that we never would have considered before. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 100%. I learned so much from our classmates. It's, it's actually really – look, going to residencies are, are awesome because, one, you get to see your friends. Two, you get to see what everyone's going on in their lives. And three, you just – the conversation that goes on, you just strive, you just want it all the time. So I'm curious, did 
Uh, either of you look at any of the veteran transition programs that existed at companies. I know that there's some pathways that are potentially out there for folks. Uh, I know the larger banks, some of the consulting firms, uh, at least have a channel that veterans can can consider um, for the application process. Did he, did either of you look at that? Um, any tips for thinking about you know whether that could be a good fit or not? Um, yeah, so I I, I did. Uh, Gardner has a I would say a pretty good uh, veterans program uh, because I help, I'm a member of it uh, that I, I hopefully help veterans come and, and enjoy our company. Uh, I think though that there are so many resources out there for veterans, regardless of service or number of years of experience that can help put people that may in, in positions they never would have thought. It doesn't have to be the traditional pipeline to a consulting firm or to a large financial institution or to a, you know, a manufacturer where you're, or, you know, a program management spot. There are are smaller opportunities that put veterans into tech firms that are out in Silicon Valley or nonprofits uh, in the, you know work, working in rural areas. It's really number one understanding the moments that you cared about in your military service, and then finding and, and doing your due diligence and finding resources that can help you get to. Uh, those things that truly bring you passion, I think. I mean, Roger, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, same thing. So I, I went through the, the the junior military officer transition program uh, when I entered Deloitte. Uh, and it was really nice because, it one, it just kind of puts a level playing field with everybody. It, it's a safe space. Um, you're going into – it's very – it's falling similar to how you would transition – like how you would change jobs in the military. So it's it's comfortable. And then eventually you get into the firm and you start learning of all, all the things that we do. Um, I, I can honestly say is when it's been, wow, it's been four years this past March 2nd was when I started my, uh, my new career in consulting. And I can just, just following LinkedIn and talking to my friends of who, who have transitioned. I don't know about you, Connor, but have you noticed how much is now out there for, oh, yeah. for military? Yeah, it's incredible. I, I, there, there's a couple, there's a couple of friends of mine who have done startups, um, who, who, who are now helping those people do what you just mentioned, who are doing that. So, it's it's almost it's almost like I wish I was doing it again to like you know one really relive the past uh, learn from my mistakes but at the same time there's just so much opportunity right now um, and you know I feel so much more well equipped now and I feel you know part of this is also too on uh, the service member leaving is you gotta you gotta get curious right you really have to get curious to the point where you know you'll be surprised that you know there's a lot of transition programs. Uh, that most companies, right, you call, said it, like most companies do do. And then you start just, you could, and, and you start seeing the military networks. There's plenty of junior officer networks within LinkedIn and Facebook that you could do that and find other opportunities that are around there. Yeah. It was, it's, it's, it's wild how much is out there yeah. right I mean, now. Any question, I don't think any question is too foolish to ask when you're in the process of transitioning. Uh, maybe like how much do you make? Like that's probably not, <laughs> maybe table that for a later, you know, time, but <laughs> like, you should always, as you're tra thinking about transitioning or transition, you should always be having conversations with both these programs that can put you into fine, uh, you know, firms in whatever sector, but also other opportunities that, again, you, that align your passions uh, for what you want to do with your life potentially. And, you know, nothing is really off the limits because this is your new journey uh, and, and, and leaving something that is as structured and kind of orderly as the military is a very, it can be a very scary step. I was absolutely terrified uh, for several months. I, I, Roger was too. Uh, he's shaking his head. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, 
don't don't ever be afraid of reaching out and talking to people regardless of whoever they are whatever industry they're in so um kind of leads me to the next question that's on my mind about what's one thing that you wish you would have known all right so there's been a few mentions of hindsight and things uh might have done a little bit differently um you know thinking back on who you were then if you could give that version of you uh one piece of advice or here's something you should probably know what would what would you mention roger you have an idea um yeah, I, I, it goes back to the power of a network and actually what the network is. Because um, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast that I, as an as a naval officer, your network is the closest person that you can help to get your part for you need to get fixed on your ship, or help you with the the next stage of your certification or something to that nature. To how do I build professional relationships with, the, with folks uh, on not just on the on that transactional but on that personal level. Um, that we're at one point or another in our, in our lives, we might be able to, um, you know, use that to build our own business or to help each other down the road or ask, just have somebody to, to even to vent to and have questions about. Um, I, I think understanding the power of a network and what it was, uh, and how, and how to grow that and have the different aspects of the uh, network to the point where there's your, uh, social network, there's your, strategic network is your, 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 uh, work network. And, and if you can make the two of those, com- if you make your work and your social combine, tell me how to do it. Cause I would, I'm still figure, trying to figure that out. But I think understanding the, 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 the purpose and the importance of the network and how to build that, uh, and understanding how big it should be. Cause I think another misconception that I had was I have to talk to everybody, but sometimes you don't. Um, it's, it's all, it's the size is up to you. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. The other thing I wish I did a little bit, I wish I knew was, um, to look, know where to look for those other, uh, we talked about those transition programs that are out there outside the com- outside of companies and, and what the Navy or the, the army supplied, knowing where those were and where to find those things. Cause I ended up finding them later in the game and in the process. And I was like, Oh, okay, this is great. Am I too far for, for, for ahead to jump into this? Um, just knowing where the resources are too. And I think it goes back to what Connor said, there are no dumb questions during this process. Um, as, as some people might say there are dumb questions. There's no dumb questions in this process. So ask away. So um, I'm curious where you might find some of these resources. So did you sign up for LinkedIn? Was that a new thing for you? Would you recommend Facebook, Google searches? Just curious uh, where you might start to try to hone in on some of these veterans programs that are out there. So, I mean, obviously LinkedIn is a tremendous resource. Uh, I would caution against relying on it too much, I would perhaps because of, well, title inflation and or people are consistently, you know, moving in and out of jobs. So by the time you're able to connect and chat, sometimes that they're no longer at the company, just things to consider, but it is a tremendous resource. But I think also beyond veterans programs, you know, sites like Poets and Quants is absolutely fantastic. And understanding that if you do want to go to business school, uh, kind of getting more of the ground truth and then of, of what that school is like, what is, what are the, you know, the teaching styles like, uh, potential, er- you know, earning potential earnings after graduation, um, candidate profiles that really helps you as a potential as a future candidate for Darden 
understand where you might fit in best uh, and what program also is the best fit for you. Um, I don't know, right? I mean, other other programs you're thinking of, Roger? So, so I guess mine is a little bit different because I do, going to the Naval Academy. Uh, there is a career conference they hold uh, a couple times a year where it got me into the first, uh, you know, gave me a first look of what 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 programs are out there, and then you see tens for hey, what what is this program? It's a, another similar type of conference that does does this, and then you kind of meet another person at the tent, and you go like, oh, I help, uh, I help. Our job is to transition vets into the technology sector. We help vets transition into the financial sector. So these all these, it kind of happened there. Um, so I had a little bit, I, maybe a one up on that, just because of the, the, the having the service academy connection, but also to the point where you know at, at this point they're so known now. If you if if you probably would Google, I haven't tried. I should we should do it right now. But yeah. just uh, Google, you know, veteran transition programs. And be, I think you'd see a bunch, especially here in the D.C. area, too. Um, and also a lot of things now, too, is like they when we when I was transitioning out, we had a military transition program, too, um, where they kind of gave you some of this information as a starting point. Um, but it goes back to I think I said earlier, it's like get, being, being curious, like what is it? What's in what's pre, what's in your alumni network? What's in your uh, you know, your military network and, and then also searching around in LinkedIn. You can, you know, you start scrolling on LinkedIn, you'll be surprised what you can find just based on your profile that they give you. I, I, I believe some of those programs even popped up for me just based on my, you know, how the search search functions were going on LinkedIn. It's like, oh, you should check out this conference. I'm like, I will. <laughs> so Connor, what's uh, one thing that, that you wish you would have known or, you know, if you could go back and talk to your former self that you would, you would advise that version of you? I wish I would have known the power that a mentor or a few mentors can have on your career, uh, whether it's in school or at a um, occupation uh, and really your life. Um, if you have people who will champion you uh, throughout the exploration of a career switch or, you know, transitioning from the military or applying to school, uh, it truly makes the, the different, all the difference in the world. I mean, my former battalion commander, uh, wrote my recommendation, one of my recommendation letters to Darden, uh, I was consistently in contact with me about, you know, how he can help. He follows up with me via email now to see how things are going. I tell him about my school. And I know that that's someone I'm going to be uh, not just, you know, friends with, which is weird because I always call him, I still call him sir, but someone who's going to be a champion for me for the rest of my life. And I, I will be the same for him if he ever needs my help uh, post-Army. Um and I wish also, I wish that I had leveraged more and found more mentors while I was in the service so that as I transitioned out, uh, as I transitioned out, I could um, just keep my, my, my uh, outlook on the civilian world a little bit broader uh, and then uncover maybe some potential opportunities that were not just the, the rote, uh, you know, consulting or financial services or some program management. Rats. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. To find the mentors when you when you while you're still in the service, you, you kind of just sparked something uh, right there, Connor. It, it, it was because of how I think it's structured. It's really hard to do that, and you don't understand the value of it because you know, from similar with you, every every few years you're leaving, and you might not see that person for five six years if you're lucky. Maybe on the same, from my case, same ship or same off sort of job in the, in the, in the Pentagon possibly, or here in DC. 
So understanding when people actually take an interest into you and, and being aware of that. I, I think moving since leaving the military and transitioning, I, I started to see that. I think it's become, you know, I don't know, maybe we're just too cold sometimes in the military. We're just like focused on the mission, but now totally, that leave, yeah. but now leaving is to the point where now out, it's, it's kind of, it's more, you're become more self-aware of that stuff. It's like, Oh wow, that person really wants to help me out. Absolutely. I shouldn't say no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know at both of our companies, that there are people who will willingly give up their time and passion for you, uh, for, for your career advancement, for your just inquiries about this sort of thing. And, Again, it, it, like you said, in the military, it's, it's just so different. And, and maybe we put it on ourselves and to be more just mission focused, less maybe people or, or networking focused. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think both of us have been able to kind of see the light and understand the power that, that mentors and, and people who really can influence your, your life um, have. All right. So the question of questions, I think we ask this for every, uh, every current student we have on the pod. So uh, thinking sort of. Just generally now, not talking to your former self, just one piece of advice, sort of, all right, you got military folks listening here. Uh, what's something that somebody can do today? Or, you know, if someone's thinking about Darden, what's one piece of advice that you would share? It can be general, can be specific, whatever you think would be helpful. Oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, this is, this, is always, <laughs> this is always a little bit of a curveball question. So, um, you know, one of the things I think that is really cool, and I'll, I'll vamp a little bit, so fill some time for you so you can reflect. Um, we have a veteran executive students at Darden Club, which you know, we have six clubs, organizations that are specific for executive format students. I think of this as a bit of a community within a community. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that both of you are in, at least members of, of that club or, you know, at least generally connected. Um, so that's a resource that's available Um here. Uh, we also have two and a half. I know that number seems odd, but we have two dedicated career advisors and another career advisor who, who splits time between executive formats and the master's in business analytics program. That's another resource. You have all the, the executive format alumni and there's a formal mentoring program that students can can subscribe to and, and actually opt in for. You also have the broader Darden alumni network. So um, if you're wondering about some of this networking where you might get started, um, these are very obvious places. So, um, for example, uh, our veterans group has been fantastic and has agreed to sort of help out with outreach to any, any vet that starts an application here at Darden. Um, look in our LinkedIn groups, see other people that share your service background within our executive format classes or at Darden generally. There's also the Darden Military Association. And then um, certainly reach out to me, any of my admissions colleagues. Uh, we can absolutely help you get started. So make that networking a little bit more familiar, at least specifically to Darden. So um, now, what advice would you have for our prospective students? I've gathered my, gathered my thoughts now, Brett. So <laughs> I would also suggest beyond all those fantastic resources in your, I mean, you nailed all of them around the head, you know, please just talk to Brett. Uh, number one, talk to Brett. He, he will answer any questions you have and no question is too out of bounds. <clears throat> but also if, whether you have already transitioned or have people or have friends who are uh, in other occupations post military and are also attending a program like Darden's executive format MBA, talk to them about that balance uh, because the person who recommended Darden uh, I work with at, at Gartner, he was the one who set me up with you, Brett, and as part of the you know initial kind of conversation. I did not have as much information about this program until I spoke with him 
because we're in a, a similar role at Gartner, we work together you know, on the same floor every single day. He, he was the one that said, why would you just not look at this program? It's fantastic. I'm doing it. I'm also an army veteran. I was like, well, gosh, you know, that's a, that's a sell right there. Let me go talk to Brett. I don't know. Right. I mean, Roger, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I think it's kind of similar. I think the f- first time I really wanted to dabble in the idea of school, I started figuring out what's my, what's the school I want to go to. And Darden was my number one. So I says, who, who should I talk to? I didn't know anybody in the program at the time. So I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't have the, 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 the access you did. So I, I think I just emailed Brett Cole, called him. I just said, Hey, great to, great to meet you. Uh, I'm Roger Whelan. Love to uh, hear more about the program. How, what's the next steps? Like come to a class. I came to a class, shook hands, met a few other folks. Uh, one is actually in the program, right? Two of them were actually two in the program right now in our, in our Roslyn section, not to Charlottesville, but Saw them and then just kind of started the conversation from there. I ran into people I didn't know were in the program and I started talking to them. Uh, and I go, hey, I didn't know you were in this. He's like, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been doing this for the past year. Coffee? Let's go talk about this. And then it kind of got, I came in t- through Brett, who was, hey, uh, Brett, I've talked to you about plenty of times. You've helped, you, you, I can't, you've helped both me and definitely Connor through the whole process of, you know, just asking the question. There are no, even uh, bad questions when it comes to this process to understand what is a good fit for you. No, we obviously take, um, you know, we know this is a very important decision and there's a lot on people's minds. And we do think that relationships are really important, particularly for, for this school and this particular program, uh, the culture of the program, it's very, very much a tight knit community um, place where relationships matter. And so try to make it a little bit more personal as you, as you go through the process So schedule a conversation, definitely come for a class visit at some point, uh, it's case method school. You need to see what that looks like. Um, that's sort of free for all in the discussion. Obviously, you know, choreographed to speak, so to speak, and professors up there sort of asking Socratic rhetorical questions. But nevertheless, everybody's opinions coming in and it's it's discursive in nature. So um, see that. Have lunch with the current students. And as Roger notes, you'd be surprised how many people you might actually know who either have a Darden connection, did the program themselves, know someone who did the program. Um, I find that that our students are, are very, very well connected and are, are great about um, sharing their time, just like Roger and, and Connor have done today. So, um, well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing uh, your wisdom and, and expertise and experience. Brett, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And Roger, always great wrapping with you, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Brett, thank you again. This has been fantastic. And I hope we were able to help a few folks out there. And that was my conversation with Connor Lott and Roger Whelan two veterans in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec. That's E-X-E-C, MBA at Darden, Virginia, Until next time, thanks for listening.